I don't have many places where I can go to report these things. And it was a very pivotal moment because if I did, my job was really at risk. My partner told me, no, I have a friend in the legal field, so it's major risk. If you don't have a job lineup, don't do it. But I, I couldn't. It was a Thursday night and I could not let it go. I woke up Friday morning and I pulled my computer open and I just wrote down everything that I felt, everything that I knew and what I wanted and what I needed and sent it. Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf. I am really excited today to be here with Amber Marat. She is a career empowerment coach. She's got lots of things to tell you and me, um, but we're going to talk today about that fear of speaking up for yourself. What do you think is going to happen? Now, I know for a lot of people inside, especially when we're talking about our jobs and we're talking about work, <laughs> whether you're in a job, whether you own your own business, whatever it is, those moments when something comes up and you need to say something, but you're stuck, you feel paralyzed. And so often we just stay there and we don't speak up. I remember one of the first times this happened to me, it was, I was 20, barely 21 years old and bartending. And I'll tell you all about that later, but I want to give Amber an opportunity to share with us what it is that she does before we dive into this juicy subject. Hi everyone. And thank you, Jania, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am a career empowerment coach. I work with powerful, successful women who have hit a plateau in their career and have found themselves in a space that does not longer align with the life they want to live. And they're looking to pivot and build careers that make them feel good, not just look good. And I'm also the vice president of people and human resources and culture here at the IAB, which is the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Amazing. <laughs> so now I'm curious because, you know, we get into this kind of work of helping others often because of our own path, but there's usually a reason why we do what we do. And so without getting into your whole story, can you tell me why it is that you do what you do? Why it is that you help these women? 
It's a great question. My mission is to end the normalization of being miserable, whether at work, at home, in a relationship, anywhere. This normalization that work is hard, that you go to work, you collect the paycheck, you put up with toxicity and you put up with bosses that do not respect your boundaries and just undervalue you and you're miserable at it. But it's okay because that's just the way it is. I don't buy that. And I do not buy that we came into this universe to spend 80, 90, 120 years being miserable. If we're miserable, something's off. Exactly. Well, and such the piece too, when we're talking about going to work, you're spending, you spend 40% of your waking life at work. If you're an entrepreneur, you'll probably spend more than that. (laughs) So if you are miserable, it's going to bleed into everything, whether you want it to or not, even if you try so hard to keep it all separate, how you're feeling that much of the time is always going to affect if you put a rotten apple in a bag of apples, the other ones are going to go bad much faster. So I love the mission of normalizing that you can feel good at work. Yes. And I think I think you bring up a very good point. I mean, we're just energetic beings and energy is influenced by other energies. And we spend the majority of time with the people that we work with. Why would we spend the majority of our lives surrounded by people that don't support us, that don't make us feel good and have antiquated beliefs about what work really is when it's truly just an expression of yourself? That's what work in a career is. And we are all meant to have that. We all have a creative expression that we came here to deliver. But often we find ourselves in the wrong rooms, like I like to say, and we're committed to that dream and we keep going and going, but it's not happening because you're in the wrong room and then you feel defeated, you get jaded, you get resentful, and then you kind of forget about that dream. So we, I love to remind my clients of the dream and why they started to do it in the first place. And just because they've had one, two, three, or even four sometimes terrible experience, I know I had. It doesn't mean that the dream is wrong. It's more of forgiving the journey of the dream and going towards another strategy to accomplish that. And I think this idea of speaking up for yourself is really an important piece because those moments when we feel tongue-tied, like we want to say something, but we're holding ourselves back, that is often a big indication that something is happening that's against the wolf inside of you, who you truly are. And there's a lot of fear because of whatever beliefs and thoughts that we have in our head about actually stepping forward and speaking up for ourselves. It could be speaking up like, hey, don't treat me that way, setting a boundary. It could be like that. Or it could be, Like, I'm not okay with your actions and what's going on here. This is not okay with me and something needs to change. So when you think about the women that you work with and coaching them, getting them through that place of being able to speak up for themselves, what what shows up a lot? 
Well, fear, fear of being accepted, fear of, hey, I, 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 you know, fear shows up in the workplace in many ways, right? Depending on the culture of the organization. Some women are fearful to say, my, my daughter's sick today. My child needs, right. I, needs me today. I need to stay home, right? Um, I'm sorry, I, I can't work overtime for that project. I can't complete that on a Saturday because of fear of the repercussions of that, that you're not going to get the top projects, that you're going to have some type of um, you know, not so positive treatment for you saying no and saying you're not available and speaking up your mind. That's one way. Number two is that women tend to co-shift, especially in organizations that promote co-shifting. So if you join an organization and you say, well, you know, Susie over there in finance was successful by following the rules and dressing this way and speaking this way, and this is how she behaves in meeting, and you start to co-shift to match Susie's style because that got her far into maybe the executive suite and that's your goal guess what no one's truly ever going to really know what you really feel and who you really are because you're not using your voice you're just emulating someone else's style and then that leads you to having the fear that oh my god if I do speak my truth then they're gonna know that I've been co-shifting they're gonna know that I don't really align with these policies or these strategies or this way of working. So, the, you know, I find fear is one of them, depending on the culture. And two is the thought process that some women have of how do they get to that level and who they are emulating. And for a long time, the more that you emulate someone else, 10, 15 years, yourself, your wolf, your, your, your true north will start to get buried your voice becomes harder to access and the fear then becomes bigger because there's a lot more to lose than just, I have a different opinion. Right. Well, it's interesting too, because there's that idea of co-shifting versus modeling, right? There's a, is always these things. There's a fine line between where we take it to a place that becomes a negative thing and where we where it can be an asset. And so a lot of times when we are wanting to become excellent at something, we model and mimic, so to speak, people that have been successful. And Mm -hmm. it's also so important in that to realize and be very aware that you are doing this so that you learn how to do it and also, once you've integrated how to do it, you can then shift and mold to embody it and make it your own. And I think Correct. so often we get stuck in this place of, okay, I've been modeling this view of excellence, and now I know how to do it with my eyes closed because I've integrated it it's so much. And now I see where it can shift and be better, be more effective, bringing my whole self to the table. But just like you said, if I've been modeling while I'm trying to learn and embody something, oh my God, now what are they going to think of me if I start doing anything different? So it really comes down to that. Am I going to be thrown out? Am I going to be fired? Are they going to start treating me differently? But that process of going from the modeling excellence 
to embodying it and it becoming your own has to come with a letting go of that fear. You can't, you cannot embody and become who you're meant to be and be your most powerful self if you are so concerned about what everybody else is going to think. And that is the biggest block that I see the women I serve face when it comes to asking for more money or what they're worth for negotiating a new contract. That is where the fear really blocks their voice, where money comes into play. There is a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of energetic blocks mm -hmm. that women have from years and years, right? That's a whole nother conversation. Right. But when it comes into the forefront of it's performance season, I need, you know, I'm going to negotiate a higher salary or I'm getting a job offer. I need to negotiate a better package. 99.9% .9 of women will say, well, I can't ask for that. Then I will be seen greedy. I can't ask for that. Then that would jeopardize me getting the job. They would think I just, I'm just interested in the money. Right. And that fear a hundred percent of the time gets you a job that's underpaying you a hundred percent of the time because yep. you're so afraid to ask for what you want and what you're worth, which is very important. And what you bring to the table is a return on investment in the company. And what is your return on investment for yourself, investing the time that you're giving that company, right? Because we're in the business of selling our time and skills and companies are in the business of buying them. Right. So that is a very clear dance. But for women, when it comes to selling, it's a really uncomfortable thing, especially themselves. Right. And what am I, you know, I'm going to sound salesy. I'm going to sound money oriented. I'm going to sound greedy. You name it. They say it all. But the reality is, is that that is just a fear that is deeply rooted in a belief that you're not good enough. Oh, and there it is. It shows up in 80% of my episodes, that fear <laughs> that you're not good enough in, in all kinds of different ways. Like I did one just last week that was that belief that there's something wrong with you. And you've got to be able to stand up and ask for what you need and want. And this is the hard part. This is the part I think that really gets everybody is you've got to be willing to lose what you have to get something better. And that is the big piece. I said, you know, I started talking about that story of the first time I remember just being able to not say anything. I was 21. I had been bartending for like two weeks in my life. And, and I was behind the bar and this, I had a black man at the bar and then I had this kind of rednecky kind of guy that came in and started talking a lot of shit and everything in my body was like, oh my God, how do I get him out of here? And I was frozen. I could not, I, I didn't understand the power I had as a bartender or as a human, as a woman, as a person to be able to say, hey, uh-uh, not here. You need to go. This is not the place for you to be harassing my customers. It was everything that was against my nature. But for me, 
the fear of losing a job or doing it wrong, those two combinations, was so detrimental and so terrifying that I was frozen. I was frozen until the person that was being harassed left. And, and I was still frozen for a little while after that. And I remember like my whole body and emotional state went completely numb. And that was, it was, it was, you know, we can call that a trauma response. You see that all over the internet. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was definitely a trauma response. And, but that not being able to speak up just paralyzed me completely. And I think so many people and women especially know that feeling that you really need to say something, but you can't, you're just frozen. Yeah. And, and that's really, it's a real, it happens all the time. It happens every day. You know, women, we were conditioned to be the nice girl. And there is a misconception that if we speak up, we're complaining or we're being whiny. Right. Right? So all of that is in us. And then there are the norms that we have to follow to be considered a good girl or a professional even. So when it comes to these situations where we're looking, yes, the fear of losing what you have and walking into the unknown is very real. But what I have found is for me, my career did not take off until I spoke up, until mm -hmm. I, I took the risk of, and I never forget it because it was so risky that my husband says, you may let you lose your job. Before that, I want you to tell everybody how to get in touch with you and how to work with you. But I want to address one thing that really comes with those moments when you're having trouble speaking up for yourself is that the after effects is that you sit with the shame of what you should have done. Correct. And that begins little by little to tear you down. It took me over 20 years to get over that moment in the bar yep. because I felt so ashamed of myself for not doing what was right and true for my core values and who I am. So how do people get in touch with you? How do people work with you? Tell us all about that, and then we'll dive into your story. Yeah, so if you are interested or curious about uh, being in my space and working with me, you can find me either at through my website, ilevelupdaily.com, or through my Instagram handle at Ambar Murad Official, where I post loads of information and lots of tips for all the clients that I serve and anyone in that community. And if you're listening, open up your browsers, open up your Instagram, and it's A-M-B-A-M-U-R-A-T Official. And the website is you guys ready? 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 Open it up. Get ready to type it. <laughs> it's I L V L U P daily.com. All right. So you mentioned a little bit about you, your career not taking off until you spent spoke up for yourself and your husband was like, was sharing his fears and probably your fears. So tell us about, tell us your story. Tell us what happened. Yeah. So I think it's really, it's a really interesting story because it's so connected. So from, from very early on in my career, I just kept getting these 
female leader bosses who were really oppressive and taking my ideas and presenting them as theirs and kind of trying to pigeonhole me. And my strategy for that was, okay, well, I'll stay here for two years. I'll get another certificate. I'll get another education and then I'll move up and go somewhere else. And I did that for over 10 years and I kept getting the same type of bosses, I kept getting the same oh. type of bosses, except the last one was not a female. He was a male and he was the same. And the seat that I hold, obviously, as an HR professional, there's a high level of integrity and compliance that goes with the role that I have in my career, which I love. And I had observed behaviors and actions that were really, really against my value of integrity and compliance. And they needed to really be addressed. And when I tried to address them with the individual directly, it was dismissed. My next step was to actually take it up the ranks, which will be general counsel and everything else, because the seat that I hold, I don't have many places where I can go to report these things. And it was a very pivotal moment because if I did, my job was really at risk, right. really, really at risk, because you never know what that company is really going to do with that information. Very risky. I was told, you know, my partner told me, no, I have a friend in the legal field, so it's major risk. If you don't have a job lineup, don't do it. Um, but I, I couldn't. I, it was a Thursday night um, and I could not let it go. I woke up the next Friday morning at 4.30 and I pulled my computer open and I just wrote down everything that I felt, everything that I knew and what I wanted and what I needed and sent it to the general counsel. Literally, two hours after that, I was contacted by a recruiter out of nowhere who found me <laughs> out of all places in my Instagram profile. So, so wait, get, let me get this straight. Friday morning, you send this thing. And yep. two hours later, a recruiter contacted you. And about went. another role with another company. She, you know, the person had found me through my Instagram, not even LinkedIn, which I was like, wait, that's weird. But worked out and it was my dream role and it was exactly in the field that I wanted to. And by the time that that was all settled with the other company, I was giving my resignation and I got it. That was it. I was keeping myself stuck by not speaking up. I was keeping myself stuck out of that fear that, hey, if I speak up, I'm going to not get that promotion. I'm going to lose my job. I'm putting my family and my financial well-being at risk. And guess what? The moment that I shifted that energy and spoke my truth and why it was wrong, all of these changes started to happen. And not only did I leave with all of my values so fully charged because I had honored them, yeah. But really empowered to really like, oh, this is how you change things. It's through your voice. And once you activate that, the universe conspires to take care of you. And one of the pieces that I love about this, and I noticed this in my own journey, every time I up level, it's like, what am I willing to give up? Like, yes. you, you, it's not that you necessarily have to give it up or that you will lose it, but letting go of the attachment shows if we're going to, you know, talk in the woo sense, it shows the universe that you're ready, yeah. that you really don't want this anymore. You're willing to let it go. So you're ready for something different. And I know, Correct. I know it also happens for a lot of people out there is they will make the decision. They'll take the step 
and the universe will give him the opportunity to do the exact same thing. And I'll be like, yes. are you sure? Are you sure yes. you really want mm-hmm. to level up and do something different? Because if not, here's this other thing, but you got something different. And how was, how was the job, how was the job, uh, this new place? How were the bosses? How, how is it different? Oh, it's completely different because I'm different. I have absolutely no doubt in my capabilities and what I bring to the table. I no longer play small for anyone and I no longer hide what I think and what I feel and and my the thought leadership aspect of what I do has just skyrocketed because of that. And it's given me so much credibility because it's not only, hey, this is the way that I think and this is what it looks like in action and this is why it works. So now it's the embodiment of all of that that has transpired where it's it's really a dream come true where where my career is today versus where it was, you know, the past 12 years where I was just, okay, I'll find, I'll find another one and it will be the same type of person. And I think, you know, to your point of letting go, I think what really helped me and what I've learned, not only through letting go of a vision of what a career should be, but also in relationships, you see the patterns play out throughout your life. But what I've learned is it's not just letting go, it's letting go of what you think it needs to be. What do you think it should look like? That is where the attachment, that's where we get that, you know, tunnel vision and we lose out on all the other opportunities is opening yourself up to there are multiple opportunities. And although I would have liked it to look this way, it doesn't have to look this way. I trust you, but I know that I can no longer stay here. This has to change, right? So that's where the opportunities come in when you're just really open to saying whatever it looks like, I'm open. And that is such a big part of it because we have this idea of what it's supposed to look like. We've been told you go, you go to college, you get a good job, you work hard, you get promoted. This is what it looks like. These are the steps. And it will be perfect and it will all work out. And we get in there and we're like, this doesn't look anything like what I thought it was going to look. But I'm going to keep that path instead of opening your blinders to be able to see like, hey, maybe this weird opportunity over here is actually what I want. Now, remember that the universe does not answer to looks. It answers to feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are in that space and you find yourself like, hey, I thought this was going to look this way, but it doesn't look that way. But I just have to keep going. What's going to happen is that you're going to start to suppress the feelings that are telling you something's off right? Something's off. And since you're suppressing those feelings, those feelings are just energy emotions. They're just like in your little calderon of a belly and your gut swarming around. You're not processing them. You're not letting them go. So the universe is going to be like, okay, I'll just give you the same thing. It looks a little bit different, but here it is. It's the same thing because you're generating that. You're creating that. You're attracting that by the way that you feel, not by the way that you look. Your looks are created by the way that you feel. So it's it's so funny how we've been taught so wrongly about the way that we look at things versus the way that we feel about things. Exactly. One of the things that I love, though, about your story in particular is that, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there going, well, yeah, sure, that can happen once. She just got lucky. But tell me what happened the next time you spoke up. I've been able to, the next time that I spoke up, I've been able to update new policies, expand parental policies to have 
Our parents have a better transition into parenthood. I've been able to create programs that are fully, fully holistic in D&I perspective that make people feel heard and seen. I've been able to create a culture that people can bring their whole self to work. And that is done by me being able to speak up. And when I hear no, then I'm like, okay, fine. That's what you think right now. Let me go and show you. So it's, it's understanding that, hey, you, you have a purpose, you have a mission, and it's not all going to be green lights. Yeah, there you go. That's just great. It's, it's life, right? You're dealing with different, different personalities and different mindsets, but it's understanding how to vocalize it, how to really bring people to the space that you want them to be through, the words that you use, how often do you communicate and how, what tone, often what women, what works against them and ends up self-sabotaging them is that they silence their voice for so long, they push down those feelings for so long. When it comes out, it's an explosion, whether they explode at work or they explode at home. It comes out as an explosion. It comes out maybe as a tear explosion at work and an anxiety attack may happen. Your body, you know, we're somatic beings. Your body's always speaking to you. So it's going to come out somewhere. And that's just energy that's built up. But the more that you speak up, the more you're able to infuse change in a positive way because your, your, your voice, that energetic tone of your voice and the words that you're using are creating that path forward. You're setting the seeds, you're planting the seeds, you're communicating. And when you speak up for your needs, you do it from a place of really high consciousness because you understand everyone has needs. Everyone. Everyone has needs. So just the fact that, hey, I need an accommodation on my schedule because one of my children have a doctor's appointment tomorrow morning. That's a very common need and everyone has a need. But what happens is that women paralyze themselves. What is my boss going to think? Oh my gosh, she's going to think I cannot handle my life. My child is getting in the way of me going to work. And all of these stories start to play that take away our power. But the moment that you start to say, no, you know what? I need you to take out the trash or I need, I need to change my schedule. I need to ask for more money. And this is why I need more money. And this is what I brought to the table. You feel relieved. And yeah. that relief creates space within you to be more creative, to have more of an impact and to really reach new levels. I think this is a good time to loop back to the beginning when we were talking about trying on and trying to be just like Sally or whomever that is successful. When we talk about modeling, like they have the success that I want and let me try and emulate and be everything like them. But here's the key thing that I didn't say earlier, and that is so important, and you brought it up beautifully, is that it's about the energy, the feeling. So when you're looking at Sally and she has all the success that you want, it's not what she's wearing. It's not the way she's wearing her hair. It's not that she, you know, maybe she has like a really friendly demeanor. It's not you will not get the same results by copying all of the things you will however create similar results if you can embody the energy that she carries 
So what is it about the way that she walks? Is there a certain way? So you can start little things like that. How does it feel to hold your body in that same manner? How does it feel to look people directly in the eyes? And if it does not feel comfortable, how, what work can you do on yourself to make it feel comfortable? So it's not literally copying. It is creating a similar way of feeling and that similar way of feeling creates the results that that person is getting. Agreed. 100%. And I think also don't, don't emulate passively. You have to be, people often think, oh, I need a mentor to be able to embody these type of behaviors. And I think observation is stronger than mentorship. When you find someone who's an expander, who expands your way of thinking and, and what, what you believe was possible for you. And most people have been taught that that some sort of jealousy or envy, which it's not. It's really someone that you look at and you're like, oh, wow, I would like to have that for myself one day. And it's possible. Yeah, and now it's in front of me, right? And it's possible. So I, I, I love to talk about actively participating in engaging with those expanders and observing them because that's going to engage you into dialogue as to how do they got, how do they get there? What were their challenges? What are their energetic makeups, right? We are all different. Mm -hmm. So what are their energetic makeups and what are their goals? Because that's going to be different from your goals as well. But you can take those pieces from them that, w that are exactly what you need in the season that you're in. Because in every season, we're going to be expanded by something different and we're right. going to need to grow on a different level, right? So in that season, what is it about this expander that I can take and I can start to play with? I can try it on. I can try it on like I go to Bloomingdale's and try on a dress. I can try this on. Like you said, I can try on to walk with a little bit of a better posture. I can try on to keep eye contact. I can try on in my next meeting to ask an insightful question, right? I can try on these behaviors. I'm not married to them. Just see how they right. feel and yeah. see how they feel. And that is much, much more effective getting you towards closer to what you want than you just saying that worked for Sally and finance. Let me do exactly what Sally and finance is doing. Right. You can also take that. You can also say, who are the people that have the kind of confidence I want? What are the things yes. that they're all doing? And so it's not going to look just like Sally or George or Henry or Barbara. It's there's something that they all do or a couple of qualities that they all do. And how do you get to try those on and and imagine that you really embody it and see how it feels. Now, it might feel scary. Yeah. It feels scary because it's unfamiliar. Under Correct. Understanding the difference between, oh, I'm in danger versus this is unfamiliar. It's what a big thing I talk about with my clients is, and a lot of times you've got to get your nervous system to a calm enough level to be able to distinguish. But there is a slight difference in the way it feels like I am in danger and something really terrible is going to happen. Or this is totally unknown and I've never done it before. Yes. It's, mm -hmm. Both of it's fear, but it's different. And so feeling comfortable practicing those behaviors and feeling comfortable 
enough that they're like, oh, okay, now I'm not going to die. So now I really can see, does this work for me? Yes. Yes. And you can play around with it. It's so funny because we're, you know, very easy to try on like a new hairstyle or new nail polish color, anything like that. Women are very easy to be like, okay, fine, I'll try this. And you skincare routine. But when it comes to skill sets and abilities and things that are really going to create your personal brand and push you forward, we are so afraid to leave the comfort zone, to leave what worked for us, right? To leave like, oh my God, I worked in a place that had this dress code for 20 years. And now I'm in a place where there is no dress code. I don't know how to dress. We'll try what who are you that's how you're going to uncover it correct let's try let's fix find what what type of style makes you feel more alive yeah. and if we were just to take the seriousness out of the career field or the entrepreneurship field right out of it and look at it from the same playfulness that we look at our style and our bodies and and the way that we dress and the way that we interact when we're, we're girl, girlfriends if we bring that energy into it you're going to see that it get it gets to be a lot of fun. It gets to be like, oh well, I get to, wow, I get to try to be an effective public speaker today. Let's see what are some of the practices that an effective public speaker does. You know, they do a ten minute meditation. They do some vocal toning. They read something inspiring in the morning. Well, I'll try that on today. Yeah. Let's see how I like it. Right, and and it's it's so women are quicker to try a new diet than to enroll themselves in a coaching program or or even you know a certification program because of the unknown because of the discomfort so and that to me baffles me well i think a lot of women that haven't done beyond maybe therapy haven't done any work on themselves to be on college and therapy, these things that are standard in the box. We don't really, as, as a whole, society as a whole, doesn't really understand the value in to keep investing in yourself, to keep growing. We were sold this idea that if you follow the rules, you do all the things right, you will have this happy life. And the reality is one of the most imperative things for human happiness is that you have to continue to grow and expand. You never stop. If you choose not to, it doesn't mean you have to grow in your career. You can do it in different mm -hmm. ways. If you choose not to, there will be a point where you will start to almost turn inward where you will start to beat yourself up more. You will start to feel like you're not good enough even more. And you will think it's all the things on the outside that make the difference. So you will change the hair. You will do the diet mm -hmm. because you think that people are going to treat you differently. If you right. look a certain way, you had how many jobs where you had the same kind okay. of boss. And I'm sure during that time, you probably like, had a different style at some of those places, had a different hairstyle, mm -hmm. wore different clothes, all of those things, but you kept getting the same result until you chose to speak up for yourself, which was a growth edge. You pushed outside of your comfort zone to choose to get something greater and better and more in alignment with how you were feeling inside. 
I couldn't agree more. And I think also one of the things that I've realized throughout this journey, and I see a lot in, with the women that I partner with, is that the transition from young girl into womanhood is usually not something very well discussed. And the woman makes a diff her choices from a different place than the little girl. Our little girl will make choices to be liked. She makes choices to please others. She makes choices out of safety and sometimes traumas involved in that. The woman makes choices because she can. Mm. Right? Because she can. I don't need to justify why I want what I want. I want it and I deserve it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do the work for it. I'm not asking for a handout, but the little girl will jump into the narrative of justification of why do you, you're not good enough for that. You really think you can get that? That's when you're in that energetics. But once you step into the energetics of the woman, the woman wants what she wants and she would do what it takes to get what she wants, but there isn't any longer a need to justify why do I want what I want? Mm -hmm. It just is. It's yeah. just a human right. Yeah. I want it and I can have it. And it's it's so powerful the way you describe that. When I think about the little girl that needs to be good, needs to be liked, all of those things. And of course, if we look back generations, of course, we had to marry and be liked in order to survive and have a roof right. over our head. And all of that is still trickling down into our current generations. But so it makes sense. But that idea is that you've got to bend, contour, do all of this. But when you talk about that energy of the woman and the woman that we have the freedom to be today, we didn't always have this freedom Correct. in the same way that we have it now, but to be the wolf, literally to mm -hmm. stand in yeah. who you are. And some people are going to like it and some people aren't. But when you are clear with who you are and what is right for you, you will draw the things yes. that are an energetic match. You will draw the kinds of bosses that want to hear cool. your voice because what you have is valuable because they value you, you value you. But if you don't exactly. value you and you think you have to bend and contort and be what everybody else thinks you should be, it, you will never be taken seriously. I will never forget one of my clients told me before we started really doing work and she was talking to me about her business and she said, yeah, and nobody took me seriously when we were at meetings. She had a partner, a, ma a male partner at the time. They only listened to him and they never listened to me. They never took me seriously. So I went and I got my MBA so that they would take me seriously. <laughs> and I said, well, did they, how did that work out for you? And she said, well, they totally take me seriously now, but she didn't walk up and say, hello, I am Sally Mae and I have an MBA. <laughs> she yeah. just felt that she was worthy because she had it. It changed the way she felt about herself. Correct. And so she showed up more powerfully, more in her inner wolf in that woman choice that mm -hmm. I deserve to be here 
and I can have Correct. what I want. And that is a that is the energetics of the woman. The woman is very resourceful. The woman is able to read the room, observe the room, and understand. Yeah. Okay, well, I want to get to here, so I need to do X, Y, and see a woman. The energetics of the woman is very far from the victim. The little girl has a lot of victim in her and a lot of fear. So when you're experiencing that fear that blocks you from speaking up and ask yourself, am I embodying my little girl? That energy that is ridden with worrying about what people think and I am not going to be safe. And what am I going to do if I lose this job, right? The energetics of the woman, it's empowered by the wisdom that she's gained. She understands that nothing is guaranteed. Everything can crumble, but she can rebuild. She can rebuild at any time. Right. She can pivot. She can change. The, the woman has the freedom and that joy to dance with it. Where the little girl's too scared to even peek out the window into the unknown. So there's, there's those, those understanding how it feels in your body is really important for women. And that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients to really get them to understand the energetic component of everything they're experiencing and understanding how they can alchemize that, how they can shift it. And the alchemization between going from girlhood to womanhood is so important for women to understand, to embody, to truly conceptualize and activate that inner voice and that inner wisdom. We all have it. Absolutely, we do. And so I just want to tell everybody again, if you want to work with Amber, I want you to, again, open up your browsers <laughs> and type in her website, which is spelled I-L-V-L-U-P-Daily.com or the Instagram, which is at A-M-B-A-R-M-U-R-A-T, official. <laughs> and I think this, as I do this closeout, I want to thank you so much for being here and really bringing in this concept of the little girl versus the woman. And when I say as I close out every show, when we operate from who we truly are, we evolve humanity. That comes from a very empowered place. The little girl creates giggles. The woman <laughs> creates full-blown joy. And ripples of joy. And ripples. Ripples. <laughs> and ripples of joy. Thank you so much. And Thank you. We will see you all next time on Be The Wolf. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf. <laughs>